Welcome back to Core. This is the weekly look at video games that we like to make. Myself, Scott Johnson, Bo Schwartz, and John Jagger. Talking about video games, the issues of the day. Sometimes it's news. Sometimes it's just our views. Sometimes we want to rant. Sometimes we want to react to other people's rants. Sometimes we just want to drink Gamer Girl bathwater. Hold on. Mm. Oh, it's saltier than I expected. Wait, are you drinking Gamer Girl bathwater? No, it's just water water. I mean, you never know, right? Like, I always, I don't trust yeah. any bottling companies. These, uh, especially Kirkland brand, the stuff they have at Costco, because uh, I don't think that stuff comes from spring water. I think they just put it in, uh, onto a tap. So, for all I know, that's got a little gamer girl. There's a little gamer girl uh, juice in all of us. Mm. I like uh, to true. think of Kirkland as, or Kirkland, as maybe it's supposed to be said. Yeah. As like, uh, Springfield and the Simpsons, like it's behind a nuclear power plant, like <laughs> Kirk, Kirkland's its place, <laughs> and then there's a giant nuclear power plant behind it. Well, it might actually be Kirkland. a place for all I know. I don't know what they named it after now that you mentioned that. But when you go there, here's the best thing about Kirkland brand anything at Costco: you can get chili, Kirkland brand chili at Costco in bulk if you want, and you can also get Kirkland brand toilet paper in bulk. That, my friends, is a company covering it on both sides of the financial consumer spectrum. Are they made in the same? And the body, for that matter. Yeah, they got it all covered. Everything you need from eating the chili to wiping your butt, they got you covered. Thank you, Costco. Where would we be without that? I feel like this was an ad. I feel like they owe us money. (laughs) No, well, here we go. Let's tear into them. Kirkland is a terrible name. Oh, okay. They should be ashamed. All right. Look at that. Some hot takes, deep cuts. Here on the core show. Kirkland on the name alone. All right. Fair enough. Hey, uh, (laughs) welcome to the show, everybody. Um, Speaking of uh, ranting, this isn't really a rant, but um, look, if five, let's say about four or five years ago, if you were somebody who said, you know, I think this is just the beginning of the end. I think all the principal people that we've known at Blizzard Entertainment are going to start dropping like flies and leaving. Uh, some of the veterans, maybe even the ultimate veterans, the founders of the company, somebody might have called you crazy and said, whatever, those guys will be here forever. Nobody's leaving. And then they started to leave. And it started with uh, Rob Pardo, who was kind of a big executive of the company uh, under some somewhat dubious, uh, dark uh, circumstances. Nobody really knows for sure. But off he went to do Bonfire Games, which still doesn't have a game. And, uh, and then he had Chris Metzen decide to, take an early retirement and take off uh, arguably the most recognizable figurehead of the company. And then more recently here you got, and there's lots of little ones in between. I don't want to, I don't want to just skip over those, but lots of little developers, uh, smaller team heads, stuff like that. Ben Brode, that's not small, but you know, Ben Brode is a big deal. But then you had, uh, you had uh, Mike Morheim who sounds like John Jagger when he talks been a great year to what's it been a great year for there john uh we're really excited here at blizzcon thanks everybody (laughs) for coming out uh it's been a fantastic year for blizzard it always feels weird when i do a mike morheim impression because i just sort of talk yeah it's just your voice it's not like when you do um the deckard cane or something where it's you know there's effort this is just you talking but that's how he sounds it's been a great year for esports everyone but anyway so uh, he leaves uh, or announces he's leaving, goes to BlizzCon, does his final goodbye, uh, stands awkwardly as we try to give him a tribute that he really couldn't see from the stage, and then he left. 
And then he is uh, he had an NDA that lifted in April, and then he could talk about stuff, and now he's off to do something else, and we don't know what that is. Could be game-related, for all we know. Uh, now, we find out this week, since we last spoke to you fine folks at home, Frank Pierce, the third head of the founding triple-headed monster that started this company, is exiting the, the company. Hydra. Yes, the Hydra of Blizzard is leaving. 28 years uh, later, he's out. He's one of the co-founders of Blizzard Entertainment. He's now leaving the company. Uh, the announcement of Pierce's exit comes less than a year after Morheim did. Uh, that was the other uh, guy. And uh, J. Allen Brack, executive producer of World of Warcraft, took over the position as president of Blizzard. He says this, The time has come for me to step away from Blizzard and pass the torch to the next generation of leaders. Uh, he said in July. It was on the 19th. So what was that last Thursday? So it's been a, been about a week. He has served as chief of Devel- uh, chief development officer for Blizzard, which has run a division of uh, sorry, which has run as a division of Activism Blizzard. Uh, basically, he's the programmer guy in the in the early days, and he just kind of stayed and managed that, like all things engineering, all things back end services, servers, tech. Well, he was gone for a while though. Uh, wait, when he was Frank Pierce was, I thought yeah, you're thinking quit, of- quit in 2004 and rejoined the company in, Oh, this is, that's Alan. Adam. Yeah, that's Adam. That's different. That's the other guy. Okay. Who, which is weird because that guy leaves in 04 right at the crest of, uh, world of Warcraft's. They were about to go right. Things were about to pop. Yeah. And then Alan Adham, uh, technically the founder of the company, the guy that rallied right. everyone together to start it. He takes off, and then he comes back in 2016 to do their um, incubator stuff, right? Like, kind of oversee all the little projects and see what makes it to the surface and becomes games and that sort of thing. This weird, crazy irony now is that of the three founders, the one guy who seemed fishy in the mid-aughts is back, and the other two that seemed like they were never going to go anywhere are gone. Yeah, but this has been a long time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's 28 years. I mean, how long are you supposed to stay with the company? (laughs) I mean, 28 years. He even said in the post, he says, I've spent, I'm going to paraphrase here, but he's going to, he basically says, I've spent my entire adult life and working life at Blizzard. There was nothing else. I mean, they started this thing in his 20s, early 20s on kind of a fluke, not really sure what else he was going to do. And then that's, this is all he's known. And so I think John's probably got a point. Like at some point, 28 years is probably enough, right? You're like, yeah, yeah, time to go. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I don't have. I actually, I don't see any real controversy in any of this. Look, uh, I mean, we we all kind of have a tendency to put Blizzard up on a on a pedestal to some degree. Sure. Um, it's kind of bitten us uh, recently the fact that we hold them to a bit of a higher standard than we hold most places, but. You know, not to say uh, for a lot of people, they go there and they say it's our dream job and people are very excited about it. But at the end of the day, it is a job uh, like a lot of us do or have done. And, you know, you, you can you can grow tired of it. You can grow tired of working, you know, like medicine. Sometimes you just want to stay home and paint figurines with your kids. That sounds all right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, question, I oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Bob. I just wanted to, to oh. say, like, it just brings us to a point where, you know, I, I think 28 years is a long time. And I think it's not too surprising to see people go. But in a world where a lot of people are looking for Blizzard to do something, 
you know, these stories have a tendency to gain a little more traction as a as a negative when it might just be somebody deciding to move on. I agree. But what were you going to say? Well, that's um because we've talked about these things before. I guess, you know, with Mike and Chris going, it's retreading some same territory. I'm kind of thinking, why don't they keep these guys on like Walt Disney? Like, like you don't have to work or do anything. Just show up and, I don't know, like the company you worked for all your <laughs> Did they, did they do I, like, that with what? Walt Disney? How did that work? I didn't know about that. I don't know how Walt Disney works, but, you know, I think the way the company lore, as I perceive it to be, is that some of these founder guys have put a legacy behind them, but also have become important faces for the company, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, Stan Lee's still showing up in Marvel films and stuff. I'm kind of like, why aren't they keeping them around and like just you know give them money and worship the ground they walk on and have them come out because the fans like it and they're the faces we know because oftentimes i'm kind of thinking you know that these individuals who can get up in front of people as you know chris in his interview even said how much how how nerve-wracking it actually is for him even though it doesn't seem that way when you watch him Mm -hmm. these individuals are unique and important to the company why aren't they like, yeah, you're retiring, but you can just stay home all the time, except we just had this little bit for you to get up in front of the camera and like play our games or something. Like, why are they retiring into the hills? I think that that, I, I think I, I have an answer for you. I think Blizzard would do that in a heartbeat. I don't think these people want to do that. Like I, I know Frank Pierce doesn't. He didn't like the he didn't like the front line anyway. He Which never is not a good look. <laughs> Well, I, <laughs> like Frank, I, I, I agree, but like, like saying that is like saying, "Hey, Morheim, I know you're ready to get out of here, but just stay, just stay." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, maybe- I mean, he doesn't, doesn't have to put in a forty-hour week. He literally just has to, I don't know, show up and just be Mike. Like, I, I, I don't. Again, I, I know that companies work in specific ways, but at the same time, they these were the visionaries that founded the very company, and they're tied up in the lore of Blizzard as a unique company separate from other companies yeah. and it saddens me to see the people that i feel like i've built relationships like again i often think about chris's recruitment video chris metzen's recruitment video and how impactful that was to me when i watched it and how like passionate it is and i'm like why would you why would you would you not pay anything just to keep that that talent around like there's a you know there's a reason we pay actors a ton of money even though arguably most of the labor is done by the crew and they're getting paid union wages or whatever right like there's a reason we have these these charismatic magnetic people associated with a company i think it's telling that they're not being kept around for a company as unique and as the only company gaming company i can think of that has that stature of like the disney of video games of like a high quality uh for gameplay as well as for aesthetic, why these people aren't being kept around, even one of them, you know? And now that, I mean, no, Frank's not really that kind of a magnet, magnanimous personality. It still begs the question at this juncture. To me. I, I mean, sure. I think, they just, I just think they want to go do what they want to do. I like, I, it would be a curse otherwise, I think, in their particular case. I agree with you 100% that from our perspective, these figureheads moving on is not, uh, uh, not a great look. It doesn't feel good. It feels like a big weird transition away from what we love. Like all of that stuff, I, I don't, 
I don't say that you're wrong about any of those feelings. Give, I have more Heim laboratories, a little side venture with a small budget that he can make his weird game. But I think he just wants I mean, out well, for one thing. He might be going and doing something else. So there's one reason why he might not stick around is if all of a sudden he pops up in a couple years or a couple months with a video game company. That's why he's not a figurehead at Blizzard. But right. moreover, I think like you know, you have to cultivate people as well as, you know, your company and your product and your business. And to say, like, well, we're going to keep these guys around who aren't going to do anything, but they're good figureheads. You prevent anybody else from falling into that role. And it's it's comfortable because it's like, oh, well, we know them. But at a certain point, you have to let other people step into that. In Blizzard's case, you know, we are talking about the people who built and established this company. So it's not like there were people before them. But. You know, if you imagine a company where somebody came into prominence in a company that already existed, had somebody else not stepped back and let that person take that spotlight, you wouldn't have those people. Like You have to give other people a chance to step into the limelight and say, hey, I'm here. You can't just keep dredging out the same people forever and ever and ever and saying, well, all of you matter, but you don't matter as much as this guy. We pay him to just come out and wheel him out every BlizzCon to say, hey, BlizzCon, and then we wheel him in the back. Like, you got to let Blizzard find the next Chris Metzen. And I admit those are massive, maybe impossible shoes to fill, but you got to try. You can't just say, oh, it can't be done. We're going to. We're going to close the book on this. I, 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 don't, I don't think I'm saying they should exclude other people. Like, I don't think I think you can have both. <laughs> yeah, it's possible you could have both. I mean, I, I felt like Brode was the upcoming Metzen well, type. Yeah, like the, 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 that's the, a great example, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like the next generation left before the first generation. A little, little bit. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're not Uh-oh. you're not wrong about that. But I, the way I would look at it is from the perspective of the people who have actually left they may just be sick of this. Like this, it's gotten so big and so crazy and has been really since their first major successes, but then put into overdrive exponentially again when WoW was a hit. And it was all hands on deck sure. and it was be- they became the World of Warcraft company just to keep up with it. And I think at this stage with all the spotlight, with the Activision stuff, with the, even some of the negativity right now, if I were them, I'd be going, yeah, 28 years is good. I think I'm good. I don't need to do this anymore. I got millions of dollars. They can't pay me enough to stick around. Why would they? This is the company I helped found. I'll leave it on my terms. Anything else will feel like a curse. You must stay. Invisible chains keep you at your desk, well, Frank Pierce. You can't leave. <laughs> that, that's an assumption we're making, and it's likely to be the case, but I'm saying that's telling. Mm. Like, that's, that's what I'm saying is like, it sh- I'm not saying it should be this one way. If not, this is a problem. I'm saying it's telling that the people who founded the company don't want to stick around. Yeah. I that that that, that the people who are currently taking over the company are like, yeah, see you later. Um, that they're not, like, and I don't, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, right. but I'd have to imagine, dude, it's not the same without you. How can we keep you involved? I mean, you could say the same about Stanley at any point, like, God, I'm sick of comics. But he kept his toe in there and did it. They kept him around. I'm sure he didn't work that much. I don't know much about Stanley either, but he was around. And I'm saying Blizzard is a company of that stature. I, th- I think of it in terms of Disney or Marvel, but in the gaming space. Mm-hmm. And I find it very. I find it. I find it not a good sign. I will agree that with you. Just, I might just be making a big deal out of nothing because everything ever like John when you're saying you know it's a normal part of a company. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree, but it's not a normal company we're talking about. I, I think so. I agree with you. I think. Uh, uh, I don't necessarily agree about what, you know, 
whether they should be made to stick around or anything. And you're not really saying that, but what I, what I do agree with is it doesn't matter why they're leaving or when they're leaving. It feels, feels bad. I'll just speak from my perspective. It feels bad to me to see them all leaving in and around the time that things are uh, a little scrutiny filled for the company. Like it's, to me, it's like a little bit of their bailing. And I got a good example. It's like yeah. when Jon Stewart left The Daily Show. Yeah. He left at a time where we were getting to a really interesting political place where a lot of people were like, but we want to hear your commentary, your thoughts on this. Like, like where is this voice going to be in this in what we're going into? Mm-hmm. And I think there were a lot of people that were like, oh, my gosh, this is what does this mean that he's leaving at this time? And I, I think in that case, it was probably just a. You know, he felt it was time. He wanted to do other things. He it had run its course, no matter how interesting things were about to get. Um, it was done. But I think people, as a response to that, have a tendency to go, "Oh my gosh, look at what you're leaving us with." And I think there's an element of that to Blizzard because we are in a place where we're like, "Hey, I've never really felt this way about this particular company before." It seems to be going in a weird sort of direction. They're making some strange decisions. I don't really understand. They seem to be, I don't know, kind of shifting philosophy in a weird way. And then you see people leave and you go, well, what the hell is going on? Yeah. I mean, if you look at that, I like the Stewart example. Jon Stewart announced his retirement from the show, leaving the show before Trump announced his presidency run in 2015. And what that tells me is sometimes stuff just has really ugly timing to it, you know? And by ugly, I mean unfortunate timing because he would have been... I mean, just imagine, I, hey, by the way, no offense, because Trevor Noah's kind of killing it. He's really good at what he does. So this isn't me bashing on him. I think he's great. He's a, he's his own kind of great. Oh, yeah. Um, and, that, and that was good to see that, right? Like after this, it was like, who can fill those shoes? Turns out they're just slightly different shoes, but he's filling them just fine. Um, and Stuart would tell you that himself. But, but, but seeing him leave right before it would have been field day for him. Like the, if this was the mid-2000s, it would be the greatest time of Jon Stewart's career. He would have loved this, and we would have loved listening to his satire and his take and his rip and his rant. It would have been really, really great. But he decided to leave before he even knew what was coming. And He's I agree. Working with, five days a week, right? And I agree with you. It was fifteen years too. It was a long time. Ninety-nine to yeah. I'm not suggesting again that Mike or Frank work five days a week anymore. Like it's. Right. You know what I mean? Like, again, like, I just think that beast is a little different. I also think the scale of a company like Blizzard or Disney is, like, greater than the Daily Show is popular and as culturally relevant as it is. I think we're, we're it's apples to oranges a little bit. He's got a, he's the talent. When you're the talent, <laughs> yeah. you, you, like either you're doing it or you're not doing it, right? right. I, I don't, I think Blizzard has a lot of, as you said, talented people who are coming to take that place. Yeah, it's just it looks like a complete disassociation. Or I'm sure John Stewart would be very happy to show up anytime required on Daily Show or on Colbert Show or with John Oliver and still be a part of that. Which is, I think, what I'm driving at. Yeah, and he does. He showed up on what was he on? I just saw one of those three shows. He showed up. Yeah, he was just on. I think he was just on uh, Stephen Colbert. Actually, he shows up there a lot. Yeah, I wasn't trying to draw a direct comparison that this is the same thing. It was more how we, as people, react to something like this. Sure, we see something there. 
that might be there, might not, but we draw parallels to whatever else is going on in the real world. We don't necessarily know the mind of the person. Yeah, so I look at this stuff. I look at Frank Pierce and I look at everybody else, leave Blizzard, and I do exactly that. I say, oh, but who's going to fix this problem you got right now with no games out, nothing new, and too many cancellations? Who's who, whatever will you do, you know? Or no, what did I say come in that to, video? Come to Daddy, Daddy Bobby. What did I say Daddy when Mr. Cooper. X walked in? What am I to do? What am, what I, am, to I, do? To what am I to do? What am I to do, they say to themselves. Like, there's that in my head as they leave. But then again, I mean, behind the scenes, notwithstanding, Frank Pierce was rarely the public face of any of this. He didn't like it. He was reserved and quiet and would once in a while get on stage and say, we're making necromancers. Goodbye. And then he, you know, that'd be it. <laughs> that was it for him. He was a quiet, you know, more reserved dude, whereas Morheim was much more front-facing. Adham, also kind of quiet. You don't hear from him very often. So in a lot of ways, you know, this just all feels like... Other... I like that Jay Allen Brack called him gruff. Oh, is that his word? Is gruff? Oh, in his letter, statement. yeah. He was like, yeah. he could come across as gruff. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know much about Frank Pierce, but he definitely seemed like a gruff guy. Yeah, I feel I like mean, we, we all... still get Metzen to show up to to be like, "I'm not coming back, Sourfang," and you know, we still get that. <laughs> so that's that's something. Yeah, he made a deal. He'll stick to that deal. By the way, if you guys want to have a fun little uh, throwback in time, I shared a file with you guys about it. Um, I don't have it anymore. Maybe it's right there in our Slack, but. Anyway, the, I was digging through some Diablo 1 audio, trying to find something for the Boop Show, and I found some content that I... I, I could have sworn Metzen had no involvement with any VO in that game, but I was wrong. He is, like, straight up in it. And let's see, I have it right here. This could be fun for our audience. All right, here he is. This is him talking. Please, listen to me. The Archbishop Lazarus, he led us down here to find the Lost Prince. The bastard led us into a trap. Now everyone is dead. Killed by a demon he called the Butcher. The Butcher! The Butcher! butcher. Yeah, he uh, that he would have been like 20. We were, I was talking to him on text. We think he's like 22 there. 21, 22. Just That's a young amazing. buck. Yeah, it's crazy, right? He's come a long way. He's, uh, <laughs> you know, Thrall wasn't built in a day, no. we'll say. <laughs> no, no. There's a little accent creep that happens near the end of it. All of a sudden, he starts to sound a little bit Irish, maybe? Scottish? Let me jump ahead. Find this butcher and slay him so that our souls may finally rest. Whoops, yeah. At the tail end there, you can kind of hear it. And then Deckard comes. The Archbishop Lazarus goaded many of the townsmen into venturing into the labyrinth to find... Oh my gosh, dude. It's so good. And yeah. then, guess what else I found? I was digging around for this. I found 10 hours of that guitar Tristram music just played ad infinitum on uh, YouTube. You just roll it, and for 10 hours, all you hear is ling, 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 and I played that for like four hours because it was great. Oh my gosh, Scott. It put me in a mo. It wasn't just repeating just the two riffs. It was like the whole intro song and then looped. So it was like, you know, mm -hmm. a three minute passage repeated over 10 hours and I really got into it. That's all. Did you just feel the urge to inexplicably duplicate everything you were carrying on your person? 
No, but I was. That's I, what I associate with that song. I heard it, and I would, I, I would constantly identify everything around me. Just like that's my phone. This is a stack of post-it notes. <laughs> this here's a pen. I'd say kept running up to a man at a fountain. What is this? <laughs> my wife brought me a hamburger. I said, "Ow, oh, what a lunchly treasure you've brought me!" Like <laughs> it got real bad there. Quite for a, while. a treasure you've brought me <laughs> with this hamburger. <laughs> Do I detect cheese upon it? <laughs> I got down that road real hard. But before this, lately I've been doing this. I don't know what this says about me, but I also played a 10-hour loop of um, the Enterpr- uh, the TNG Enterprise. What was it? Enterprise D, I guess? Or not E, but D. I yeah. Think. Uh, the hum of the engine and the sound of the bridge with like a few little beeps and boops. And then once in a while, a little shuffling on like the carpet where someone's moving around the bridge and the computer, you hear her voice off to somewhere. There's this really great put your headphones on and chill out version of that. There's no music. It's just this ambient TNG Enterprise D bridge noise. Ten hours of it. It's great. Isn't that ASMR what you just did? I mean, maybe. I don't get all tingly and have like a brain gasm or whatever it is people get. It's Wait, not ASMR. Is it vibing? What is it? What's the term yeah, for what is Scott it, listening to it's, 10 well, hours it's of a, it's the It's a relaxed meditation t- like, tapes have been around forever. It's to help you relax and get zen. All right. Well, let's see. Here, here's. I'll play it. See what it does for you guys. Just a little bit here. 10 hours. Okay. Hear that? It's just a lot of, you know, you expect people to go, Wesley, get off the bridge, you piece of shit. <laughs> that never happens, but it's. Uh, I just had that going all day. I was more productive. I got everything needed done, getting done. It was just this chill. Lose myself into the. I like room. this beep that's going on right now. It's like someone making a baked potato on the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> they don't ever cut to the microwave, but there it is. I heard it. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know, but I. I uh, got on a real kick with that. And apparently you can do like, uh, <laughs> even if you just do like Forks to Ensign Jagger, if you, <laughs> if you do Forks ten, to Ensign Jagger, if, if you do, yeah, oh, you guys ahead. having a full thing, go ahead. You're, you're Where's coming. my potato Ensign Jagger. I, I, I put it on in, sir. Uh, I had to wait for the bridge to clear. They don't like it when you report to the bridge immediately the bridge. Wow. for disciplinary action. Wow. That's awesome. Oh, yes, yes, sir. It's really good. Next RPG campaign setting, Star Trek, clearly. Oh, we got it. Look what I found. Okay. So I just did a search for 10 hours in uh, YouTube just to see what else there was. Uh-huh. And it's showing me stuff it thinks I want. Like there's the there's just the ambient engine noise from engineering if you don't want the bridge. Uh, for 10 hours, you can get 10-hour Diablo, 10 hours of uh, something called Crab Rave. I found 10 hours once, of Barkley in the holodeck is what that is. The only 10 hours video I had on for a while was 10 hours of the Expanse intro on loop. <laughs> Shut up, really? Yeah, oh I was listening to it at work. It's that intro music. Oh, it's just beautiful. Do you get tingly in your head and have an <laughs> ASMR? <laughs> Super good. Wait, that sounded like Halo. Yeah, it's not quite it, but it's 10 hours of Halo probably exists. You could probably find that. Now, this one, I just found one called Cityscape of Mars, Base Alpha 1, Ambient Space Music, Sci-Fi Future World. I could sit and listen to this for days. (laughs) Days. In fact, I'm gonna. I didn't know this was in here. It's pretty good. Yeah, and they're showing like like CGI landscapes on Mars and 
cityscapes up close and the Mars cliffs and bluffs way off in the distance. And what about uh, 10 hours of people clipping their nails? Let's see if it's in here. Clip <laughs> nails. Why not? Or 10 hours of barbershop. Ooh. Uh, here you, you go. Get the right employees, you might experience. I that. found ASMR tapping with paperclip nails. No, not ASMR. Well, that's what it's, I'm just saying what this is called. All right, how about this? Uh, 50 hours, sorry, 50 plus triggers over three hours, no talking of ear cleaning, massage, tapping, peeing, sorry, peeling. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I want 10 hours of peeing. Play the peeing one. Uh, 10 hours of peeing, please. Let's see. Where I want to play this. Okay, let's see what this sounds like. It's just long with no talking. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right, let's see if this does anything for anybody. It sounds like a broken record. Okay. You guys don't hear anything? What the hell is that sound? Okay, hold on. Okay, I hate it. I don't want anything to do with it. I hate it. It's yeah, like that's... dragging a kid across ice. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what you're, that was. You're looking for like environmental soothing zen noises like rain on a spring day and stuff but the whole asmr thing is screwing up yeah i guess so they're blowing that i really like like thunder man give me some thunder yeah Yeah, i ran into that this morning i woke up and it was there was thunder outside i did not want to get out of bed my favorite way to sleep my grandmother she had a carport and she kept her couch we didn't park a car under the carport she had a couch and tables and chairs and plants and when it rained, I'd love to sleep on the couch. Oh. And the rain would be like a foot away from my head. I could smell the rain and I could hear shh. And yeah. I'd just sleep outside. I, in fact, one morning I woke up and the postman woke me up because he had to deliver to the door and walk past. <laughs> <laughs> I just opened my eyes. There's, There's the postman. guy on the couch. And I went, hey, man. And I went back to sleep. <laughs> this must mean that uh, YouTube has a 10 hour limit because there's. All of this stuff is at 10 hours. Like, there's a thunderstorm, like the way yeah, you're describing. Yeah, I think maybe that's true. Yeah. Do you remember when YouTube had a limit of, like, five minutes? Oh, yeah. Or I even remember. less. Oh, it was, it might have even been less than that. Storm coming in. A little bit of a storm. Got to watch out. See, this um, is good. Yeah, it is good. Oh, I could listen uh, to that all night. Wi- winds howling. Winds howling. Okay, hold on. Winds Geralt. howling. 10 hours oh, no, of Geralt. There we go. Ten hours of Geralt of Rivia. That's what I want. Oh, saying what he's doing. Okay, have hold you on. noticed when he talks? He's like investigating it, going over there. What is happening? Okay, this is called winds howling, <laughs> but it's not what's happening. All right, That's sorry. Like I'm gonna, locked in a broom closet. I'm gonna send this to <laughs> yeah. you guys. I'm putting it in chat or in uh, Discord so you can see it. I don't know what to make of that. I'll put it over here so the chat can see it. Um, it's just, uh, it's Geralt stuck in a canoe. <laughs> it's just Geralt and Rivia stuck in a canoe as the canoe gyrates around him and him standing there all stalwart looking at Roach. Oh, and well, now he he's switches the sitting. Now he's how do you get the how do you get the boat on the ground oh, like that? Boat Dude. left. He's still there though. I don't know how any of this is possible except for that game is clearly glitchy in ways that still delight the senses. Winds howling. That's... Look, he's a witcher. You don't know what he's gonna do. Yeah, that might be my ASMR is watching him deal with such things. Do we have? By the way, sorry. Before we move on, do we have any feelings about um, 
That Witcher. Did you see the trailer for the Witcher series? What you guys think? Of yes. That? Yeah. I. You know what? I think that show might end up being okay. Yeah, it looks legit. To I, me. I'm still like the bar is super high for anything Witcher for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's really, really high. So it went from there's no way this is going to work to hey, this might be okay, which is a huge jump. I still don't know if I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, it's the best thing ever. But I, I don't know. There was nothing, nothing that bothered me much in that uh, trailer. The only thing I wish there was more of was monsters. Because I kind of wish the show was just him like hunting monsters. But yeah, there's got to be more looked, of that. Look right? great to me. Don't you think there'll be more yeah, of that? Yeah, it's a little serious. I mean, it looked good, but like the Witcher I know is the one that dawdles around in small <laughs> villages and you know what I mean, like super serious around like a bunch of poor people. I don't know. Well, the we'll the the <laughs> the take I'm getting is that it seems to be very um, like they're adhering to the novels. And yeah, that yeah. serious na- t- tone of those novels, which is probably probably good if it focused too much on it. It's probably good for being based on the source material and doing something serious. I don't know if it's going to line up to people who have only played the game's expectations. Oh, we'll interesting. But they may have. I mean, that's have... a, uh, Henry Cavill is a big fan of the Witcher series, so yeah, he loves. He it. might he might even unintentionally bring a lot of that in there. He's and they're certainly copying the look. He rallied to get that role, and I already liked him. And I, uh, people always want to complain about those Superman, Batman movies of, of recent years, and and I would just remind people he is not the problem. In fact, he's great casting. No. He is a hundred percent good enough to be your Superman. The writing is terrible. The directing is terrible. It's got nothing to do with Henry Cavill. So I'm excited about him having a project that's cool, that's in my wheelhouse. Um, he's a British guy with a fantastic physique. Who else? I mean, Geralt's not even British, uh, or doesn't have the accent, I guess, uh, in the game. In this thing, I think he talks with one. Uh, but uh, whatever. Oh, I, hope not. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You don't want the. We we can't have the guy they have now, though. He's terrible. Like it's the only my biggest <laughs> problem with The Witcher across all the games, and I've loved him. I think Witcher Three is one of the greatest games ever made. The voice acting for Geralt, while while we're all used to it and it's fun in its own dumb way, is is bad. It's not good no, voice I, acting. I, I mean, I don't it, know that I take up the debate on that, but I like it. Mm. I, it's I, perfect. I I don't yeah, disagree with yeah. you, but it's also perfect. I yeah, mean, it like is. it's <laughs> it's perfectly bad in, in a way that like is dear to me. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I, I I understand that, and I agree with yeah. you. I feel that way too. If they change it in the game. I'd be annoyed. But if you just in a vacuum look at it sight unseen without the history we have, it's jarring and not it's not great for what the character is. It sounds like a guy who lives up the road. He's supposed to be emotional. Like, uh, Mr. Mooncat says he's supposed to be emotionally stunted based on what I understand of the Witcher lore, at least in the game. Yeah. Like undergoing the trials makes you like dulls your emotions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like the deadpan is also like I've thought lore, kind of lore driven. So if he's super passionate in The Witcher, it's at least from a video game perspective, it's going to feel off. Right. I don't know. Hopefully, it's not that. We'll see if it's good. Yeah, I hope it he's is. He's not like a we don't full know. Vulcan, but he's like sixty percent of Vulcan. Yeah. There is an opportunity here. Those those novels are extremely popular and sell very well. There's a possibility here of that being a, you know, it could be Netflix's Game of Thrones. 
It, it could be. I'm not. I don't want to pump up in too many expectations, but there's a chance here to do it. The 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 uh, production looks really good. Um, it's it looks like just what I want out of some fantasy stuff. So I'm into it. Let's bring it on. Yeah, and I'm super. Like you said, Henry Cavill is awesome. Yeah, he's great. Still, my the one thing the, that last Mission Impossible movie was awesome, but its biggest sin killing off Henry Cavill 100%. and making him the villain because I was convinced he was going to be sticking around in that movie yep. and that series going forward. And I was so stoked. He was so awesome in that. Yep. We, you were hoping, but, here's what I was hoping for. And you were probably hoping for it too. I wanted spinoff. I wanted that to end somehow in a weird, like, well, he actually was working for us, double, triple agent, you know, whatever. And now yeah. we're going to get a whole series of movies that are Henry Cavill's character doing his own brand of stuff with his own edge. I would have been so into movies like that would have been great. So hundred percent with you on that. Also, there's that great scene in the bathroom where he's flexing his muscles and smacking his hands together and his pocket, his pocket disappears. Yeah. He freaking cocks his arms and makes a pocket vanish. It's great. Yeah. His pocket (laughs) vanishes and his tie moves or somewhere. They did some CGI multi-shoot thing there, but it was great. And I'll never forget it. Henry Cavill for president. All right. Moving on, let's do this. Nintendo is going to do right by all of you, finally. Uh, that is to say, no, the, recent, <laughs> the recent the uh, recent uproar, including John mentioning it last week, I believe, about Joy-Cons yeah. on the Switch uh, getting drift after some use. They start to kind of loosen up, move in ways you don't want them to, and suddenly your character's moving without you moving him, and that sort of thing. You probably experienced this on some uh, controller in your lifetimes, and that is a reported common occurrence with the Joy-Cons. So a lot of people have really two options. They can go buy new Joy-Cons or they can go buy a kit on Amazon or something and dissect that thing themselves and and replace some of the parts and fix it. Well, uh, Nintendo will now, uh, in light of some pressure and a couple of lawsuits, fix the Joy-Cons for free and offer refunds. And that includes a backlog of people who already had this done. So if you had it done and you paid Nintendo to do it, they'll refund your money. Um, this should stave off some of the pressure, I suppose. And it seems like they're nope. doing... No, you don't think? Why, why? No, absolutely not. This made me mad, honestly. Like, yes, this is Nintendo doing the bare minimum to get by after people threaten to sue them. But uh, here's the problem. You're about to put out a portable device that just switched the the joy cons isn't an option for Mm. those sticks are permanently attached if the switch light suffers from the same problem you have just spent two hundred dollars on something that now is going to be permanently broken and in addition to that they didn't say anything about well we're going to fix it for the switch light and they didn't say anything about well going forward we're going to make sure that this isn't an issue with uh future switches that we sell um they recently talked about we're updating the model of the nintendo switch to have a better battery the the core model Mm -hmm. is going to have a better battery in it Mm -hmm. would have been a great opportunity for them to say hey we're going to do something different with the stick so this doesn't become a problem so saying that they're going to repair it for free or give you a refund if you had to repair it is absolutely the bare minimum and as somebody who doesn't own a switch is still keeping me hesitant to buy one Because it's a hassle I don't want to go through. It's nice of them to do, but you know what I would prefer? The sticks to not break. Well, uh, yes, I'm 100% with you, but okay. So 
this isn't that unusual for almost every product ever made. Something's janky with it in the first iteration. Uh, the company's faced with a decision. What do we do? Do we, uh, do we do free replacements? Do we do a recall? Like if it's a car manufacturer, do we recall it? Cause all of these glove boxes open when they're not supposed to or whatever. Um, there's always something like that with, with stuff like this, especially when you do your first run. Uh, in this case, what I see happening is the normal thing. They're saying, all right, yep, this is a problem. So we're going to pay for it. We're going to fix it and we're going to replace it. And the new stuff will be better for reasons X, Y, and Z. Now they haven't said that, right? Yeah, they haven't yeah. said the new sticks are going to solve the problem, but I, I guess I have to think they need to, or this is going to cost them way too much money and bad PR. So this is, and, and also there's some history for this. Every time they've done an iteration on a portable device, I'll just say the DS Lite as the example, everything got more solid state and more rugged from the first iteration, which was janky, plasticky, and fell apart a lot. Uh, so they've already got a history of kind of doing that. So I'm not, I'm not, full, I'm not prepared to say that this is a nothing move, uh, but I understand your frustration, especially as someone who is like on the fence and would like to buy it. Yeah. What they need to do is get out ahead of this and say, oh, and by the way, our revised home version and the light version are both, uh, re we've re-engineered the sticks. That's all they have to say. And I yeah, think that would be enough for people it, to trust it, you know? Yeah. That's the problem is it just feels, it feels bare minimum to me. And I want just a little bit more. I think they could do a little bit more to make people feel better about it. And maybe they will. We're still a ways away from the switch light. Hopefully something comes out about the sticks there. Obviously, if this is a news story and they're issuing refunds, they're going to get asked about it all the way leading up to the launch. So I, I'm hopeful that something will come of it, but it is frustrating right now to have a case where it's something that needs to be addressed and they're just like, well, we'll replace it. Plus you've okay, got... Okay, but what does that do for me if I'm going to get a Switch Lite, you know? Well, here's the thing. Adult use versus like kids use is is a big part of this. Um, the 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 big complaints are coming from people who really bang that thing around, and it should stand up to more rigor than than it's currently getting. I'm not I'm not excusing it, but like I don't have this problem. None of the other adult only usage cases that I know of have this problem. So I think yeah. it's because we are a little more ginger with our multi part electronic devices than than a family of six who are passing it around the, the van on the way to, you know, California for Disneyland or whatever. And don't dunking it in a Slurpee by accident and you know, dropping it on the ground twice or three times. So I think there's a big part. There's a big reason why the light is actually uh, hopefully from an industrial construction standpoint designed to withstand more. Um, I mean, I say all of this, Purely out of just, well, of course they will because they have to. But you're right. I don't really have that much assurance that they will, I guess. Um, I, I don't know. I think you make a good point. But the adults-only use of the Switch is what I'm talking about. Adults-only Switch. Adults-only. Come in, put your Switch Joy-Cons in the bowl. <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk about barefooted Overwatch characters. Uh <laughs> Bo, they got a new character. Overwatch's new hero, his name is Sigma. For Sigma! Uh, is now playable on test servers. Much needed addition to the game, says this article. Sigma is a tank that uses gravity, uh, gra sorry, Gravitech, Gravitech technology to deal damage and create barriers. His, only, or his own dangerous experiences have given him a serious psychological damage 
And now the terrorist organization Talon employs Sigma as a weapon. He's also not wearing any shoes. So that's well, what's a thing. great about Sigma is that if you play as him, you don't really have to look at it. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you that actually, yep. Yep, you're right. I mean, do you guys watch? Well, the, I, I didn't I watch the lore game. video. I didn't watch anything except I checked out a Let's Play because I was curious about what his abilities were. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and it turns out he's 62 years old. Yeah. Um, and his kit looks pretty cool. Yeah. I dig it. You should uh, watch the lore video. It's actually kind of scary. Like it wigged me out. <laughs> To be honest, he's got some crazy sound effect stuff going on. It just it's just it's an insane person that they're trying to. The other thing I know about him, know. I guess, is he's Dutch and that he floats so that he's a flying Dutchman. Oh, I get it. I like that. <laughs> Boom. There's the uh, I think I think uh, the fact that he's not wearing shoes is important. It's an, I think it's an important part of his look. There's a there's some memes going around where people are putting Crocs on him and stuff like that. Because you know, I think it's awful. <laughs> What's wrong with being barefoot? It's the we literally talked about this last week with Robocop and his stupid one man hand. This is the yeah, exact same Robocop. thing, except now it's two dopey feet sticking out the bottom. But you, that's Robocop. Give me this like super cool big armored guy, and then they're like, but sticking out the bottom, two spindly little feet. It just it's, looks dumb. I hate it. It looks but so it's, stupid. But it's meant to look dumb because he's just escaped the asylum and he hasn't had time to put his shoes on. That is the he idea. He had time to put on his 90 pounds of armor. <laughs> he's he's well, bigger than the, a semi. He's well, like, that, yeah, that's I just don't have time for the shoes, though. <laughs> that's the aesthetic the look is supposed to convey. Not that that's literally he woke up that way. That is what they're yeah. saying. That's their explanation. They're and saying... I, I like. I dig it. The, I honestly yeah. like I like barefoot Sigma. This is pretty good. Blizzard's answer is kind of nasty looking anyways. Right, like right. he is. Yeah. Okay, you know what will get me to accept this? Mm. This is the only way. And if they do this, honestly, I will never complain about it again if this is true. All right. If I shoot him in the foot, does it do headshot damage? <laughs> of course <laughs> not. <laughs> then I hate it. Congratulations. It's the only part that's not armored. I mean, it should do extra damage to, to not- his feet. I'm not going to convince you to not like it. Either you like something or you don't. It's uh, very subjective. I think he's cool. But I, if we get another tracer deal out of this, or everyone's outraged because of some bare feet, then yeah, that's when I'll have an opinion. Well, some people I are into know. it. I think this is this is no, cra- this oh, is. Of course, there's some people into it. This is probably aimed at those people, Scott. <laughs> Maybe Quentin Tarantino is stoked about this turn of events. I, I'm pretty sure they didn't in this ca- aim this character for to foot fetishists. No, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. I think they did. Like Mike Morheim and Frank Pierce. (laughs) Listen, I know you're retired, but we just want to consult with you on our newest character, Sigma. Yeah. Should he have shoes? They're like, no, we've been trying for years. Orcs don't have shoes. We need to get... We need to get the feet people on board. It's, it's, yeah, this... by the way, like don't orcs like aren't there a lot of Warcraft races that go barefoot? Oh yeah, all the time. Trolls. Yeah, trolls. Like um, dr- uh, Drenai, their boots actually don't. I think, well, they cover got hooves. The hooves. They have hooves. Yeah, yeah. Same with and... Torrens. Torrens have that. <laughs> he doesn't have hooves. <laughs> That's the key difference. That's there. their feet. <laughs> it's it's what they stand on. Yeah. I don't look. I'm just saying. I don't there's have. A, there's a Drenai bias on this panel now. I, I look. I don't have a problem with what they said, which is this has this has the um, uh, what's uh, what's the word? We just said it. Where uh, he has the look of someone who just escaped, and that's okay. I think that's cool. 
I just think he's supposed to look disturbing, but in a cartoon-friendly way. Because if they really wanted to make him disturbing, he'd be wearing somebody's guts all over him. But this is Overwatch. <laughs> That's true. So they got they got So their level of disturbing is he doesn't have shoes. On. Right. Yeah. I mean, think of all the like bullet casings he's got to step on. That hurts. It's horrifying. <laughs> a bunch of Legos. The only like, Overwatch hero defeated by <laughs> no Legos. Bastion. He's mm. like Bastion again with the bullet casings. You know I'm barefoot. Yep. They're hot. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to play this game. We're going to play this character at some point and we're going to really enjoy him because apparently he's a very fun tank and that's all I need. So say we, but I don't think John's going to be playing. Maybe not John. Maybe Bo and I will play it. Maybe, maybe I'll solo it. I don't know, but he'll, he'll be, I think John would really like, um, what's her face? Bob, Bob girl. Oh, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, I don't know. Frida. Jaina. Jaina. She looks like Overwatch Jaina. This is literally, you know. Uh, what's anyway. her name, chat room? I forgot her name. It's like uh, Abernathy or something. Are you talking about Brigitte? No, it's the oh. it's the cowboy well, girl. Bob, Bob, do something. Yeah. Oh, one. yeah. Oh, her, Ash. Ash. Is, is it Ash? Ash? Yeah. Yeah. Ash with a Yeah, name. she seems great. Yeah. She seems fine. Because... Like, there's cool characters in Overwatch. I will give them that. It's yeah. a giant cosplay game. Of course the characters are cool. It's there to make people dress up like them, want to buy them outfits, and write about what relationships oh, they're I in. See what That's what the is. game's purpose is. Mm. So, of course about the BlizzCon. characters are good. Mm. You're worried about BlizzCon, aren't you, John? Because mm. an important part of doing the cosplay for this character will be going barefoot. There's going to be bare feet Sorry, everywhere. I had to go barefoot. <laughs> There's a fungus outbreak at BlizzCon this year because of all the friggin' Sigma cosplayers walking around with their 62-year-old moldy cheese yeah. feet. Change, <laughs> change your name to Smegma, not S Sigma. <laughs> That's actually grosser than I meant it to be. But yeah, uh, I'm not looking forward to that either. I'm not looking forward to the barefoot That'll cosplay. That'll be a skin, the Smegma skin. Yeah, not into it. Anyway, uh, that's a thing. People are into it. If you are interested in said thing, maybe check it out. Okay, we're going to do a quick discussion about the games we're playing right now. So I did a weird thing. I ended up dipping back into Pillars of Eternity 2. And I think I was just gunning for a computer RPG, you know, Baldur's Gate style thing, which once in a while I just sort of want. And um, I thought about firing up Divinity 2 again, and I didn't do it because I feel like I played the hell out of that. And I just wanted a different, I wanted a change of scenery. And um, because I was having trouble, excuse me, with the Pathfinder game and uh, a bug I ran into, I was just sort of feeling stale on that. So I fired up Pillars of Eternity 2 and found out in the process that that game now supports a turn-based mode, which they didn't have before. Usually it's Baldur's Gate style where you pause and you kind of tell people what to do if you want to or they can kind of act on their own. And then they, you know, roll dice and do their thing and, and it plays out. Then you hit pause again if you want to change stuff up. You're all familiar with that, but this has that still, or you can play the game in full turn-based mode, which it plays a lot more like a tactical, well, it plays more like Divinity, to be honest. Um, and I really like it, like a lot. I think that game's great, and I'm going to keep playing that. Uh, I want to check it out. I got it, and I installed it, mm -hmm. and I got into that intro where they're telling you, they're kind of summarizing what happened in the previous game. Mm-hmm. And then the thing that happened to me is I went, 
oh, this all sounds good. This sounds interesting. And they're like, do you remember what happened? And I'm like, no, I don't. I wasn't there. I'm starting with number two. And uh, so I got through that intro part and I said, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go play Pillars of Eternity 1. So I quit, uninstalled that, started trying to get into that, and then wound up playing neither. So I think I need to just bite the bullet and dive into Pillars of Eternity 2. Did you ever play the first one, Scott? I did. Am I, I okay to just jump into two? I did like it, or I did play it. I did like it. I think it's a lot more stiff and not as good as two in lots of different ways. The The graphics engine had a big overhaul. The voice acting was sparse in the first one. And in this one, it's all over the place. Plus, it's the critical role people. So you're just recognizing these voices left and right. It's great. You run into a little pig man and it's freaking Liam O'Brien. And you're like, whoa, what the hell's that about? So there's a lot of a lot of cool reasons to like that. Um, it, I think the story has a better pace to it. I like the combat better, and like I said, this turn-based mode is super cool, and a, just a really nice addition to it. And it came later. I don't know when, but some some update in the last year, uh, they introduced that, and it's very very good. So I would say you would be safe doing that. Plus, when you choose all those options at the beginning, um, some of them I remembered, and some I didn't. So. It's one of those RPGs where you can kind of cater that and say, oh, yeah, I do remember that guy. And then you'll get some story that assumes you know this stuff and it'll tell you things. But if you don't know one, you say, remind me, I've, I'm rusty or whatever. And then she'll <laughs> fill you in, uh, uh, the lady at the thing. But then you got to reconstruct yourself and you either pull in an old save with your old character or you just start over with a new guy and do all the new stuff you want because you're going to be reconstituted back on the planet or back on the in the in the uh, in the mortal realm. So it, they give you the perfect stage to just start there and not worry about one. I guess is what I'm saying. You don't have to play one to enjoy it, in my opinion. Okay, it's really yeah, good. Though. I'll I'll dive back in. I'm <clears throat> craving a game like that right now. So same. I'll probably be in there soon. Same. I was that. That's the thing. I was for whatever reason I just had an itch for it, and I'm like I have. I have 50 of these. What's good to, what should I, I mean, I could even play Baldur's Gate again. Like, what do I want to do? And then that one won out in the end. And, and I think it's, I think it's really good. Also looks, looks so much better than the first game. The first game looked okay, but this thing, huge jump in, uh, in the way it looks and feels. I have a theory why you wanted to play that and why I have an itch to play it. Why is that? It's because it would be unfair of us to ask Bo to do more DM work, (laughs) but we somehow need that itch scratched more than once a week. Yeah, I think it is like this happened to, this happened to me when we first started doing our D and D stuff. And I, and I got back into divinity again, so hardcore for a few months there, because that was like an extension of what we were doing and there will be dungeons. So, I think you're right. Like it's just another outlet, and this There's thing to tactical gameplay that is different and satisfying. Yeah. Plus, this is like um, that's the other thing is the turn base makes it feel more like a tabletop experience because you are doing turns now, um, and it doesn't really significantly slow the game down in my opinion. It feels just about right to me. But the um, uh, just the knowledge that underneath it all, I don't know what the system's based on because I don't know if it's D and D or something else or their own their own underlying systems, but it's still, you know, dice rolls and chances of hit and miss and, you know, all the stuff that you're used to in a tabletop setting, it's all sort of there, but you've got all these other layers of, of polish and finish. And, and there's also kind of a pirate thing going on in that game, which is a cool theme. So you get your own boat, John pirates. Yeah. 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 
You could drone. I I happen to think magic and fantasy stuff on boats is the coolest thing. It so is pretty cool. I'm 100 on board. Oh yeah, you should literally on board. Boats. Get it? Space boats. Space boats. Same as space boats. boats. Sure. Probably. Probably. Yeah. That I mean, sounds all right. Aren't all spaceships no, a boat? Gets a little tricky when you have to worry about air and stuff, but. I mean, yeah, but you've got magic good. atmosphere. I think you'll be fine. All right. Okay. Magic atmosphere. <laughs> I like that. I also am back playing Heroes a ton. I play, I've been playing every day that I've been home. I was gone for a few days, but I, um, I've been playing all the time. I love Heroes of the Storm right now. I don't know why, but everything's clicking for me in there. And I'm loving it. And I feel like I've never, I feel like I've never had as much fun, but I also feel like I've never played as well as I'm playing right now. So weird bunch of a cacophony of, of factors but i am enjoying the hell out of it yeah, it's fun when you feel like you've improved at something and you're skilled at something yeah. you kind of want to play it it feels it's good strange yeah, it feel, but, yeah feels really good right now so uh more uh, all up with heroes these days all right uh john what are you playing still still in the world of final are you still chocoboing around town or what <laughs> i am so it's nothing that i haven't talked about before so i'll just mention them all real quick uh, Final Fantasy 14 still plugging away at that. I'm I do feel like people are pulling a little bait and switch on me with this game, I got to say, because when I first started playing it, everybody was like, OK, you just got to you just got to power through the early stuff. It gets really good at the end. Just take our word for it. And it's true. That part was true. I got to the end quest. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. This is some great stuff. And I was like, so this is it. Like, and now I'm going to just ride this wave of everything being great. And I mentioned that I got that far and someone said, okay, now there is about a hundred quests left <laughs> that are really awful, but then it gets good. And I was like, what are you doing? Why didn't all of a sudden I get to the checkpoint and you moved it further and you were like, okay, just a hundred more awful quests. Yeah. And then, Hey, guess what? It really picks up. So I'm going to do my 100 awful quests and we'll Good see Lord. where the game goes from there. Are you worried they're going to uh, do it to you again? They're going to do it again. You're going to get there and they're going to say, oh, so, I'm sorry. Another 50 is all another 50 quests. Let's go. So the, the 100 quests was, I guess, what they kind of put out as placeholder content because there was end game for the original relaunch of the game and the expansion was coming out, but it was taking a while for the expansion. And so these hundred quests or whatever it is, is uh, kind of content that they were putting out to kind of keep people busy between the original and the first expansion. And so I guess most people consider it to be kind of filler and not that interesting and not that important. Um, and so that's where I am storyline wise about to head into the first expansion. So. Right. Yeah. And Bo, what were you saying about Endgame? You had a, you're... I was just wondering, those quests are the Endgame quests or... Um, I mean, not as it is now. They were at the time. Uh, so back when oh, level oh, fifty, okay. I think, was the cap or whatever it was. They this would have been like, end game. But do you, do you have to do the quest to progress? I guess is what I'm asking. If it's end game for that expansion, like, I can't you just think there might be a way to skip it. I've heard a couple people talk about it. I know at the very least, Final Fantasy, you can buy story skips. So at the very least, I could theoretically go out there and be like, all right, put me on the first expansion quest and it would do it. But I'm so close, like, just put something on Netflix and get. I guess maybe I misunderstand. Like, you know, if you were to come to WoW now and didn't play Legion, you just wouldn't have. Maybe you'd have to level through it. So yeah, you just do a couple of quests in the first zone and then move on to battle for Azeroth. Right. Oh, like, I see what you mean. An option here. <laughs> like, I mean, like you, know, a, you can't just be the, like the eh, problem. Eh. 
Is there a boost? The problem with it, and I again, I don't know, so I'm sure people will correct me uh, after this, but um, from what I've experienced, Final Fantasy has a linear story throughout the entire game. And so you are you're literally just following this story and it takes you through everything. It's not like a, it's not a case of, oh, well, I'll just drop it here and pick it up somewhere else. That quest stops at wherever you stopped. And until you complete it, it doesn't move forward. Oh, but you so there's no I'll the jump boost. over this section. But you said there's you could pay for the boost, right? There's that. Right. Option. Okay. Yeah. So but I, I'm close enough where I can do it. And I could probably honestly just focus in on whatever is the story quest and just do that. And it would probably go a lot quicker. Well, okay. I, interesting. I still find myself interested in this game because of all the talk you and Kyle and others are are saying about it. I just can't decide if I want to dive in that deep. I mean, just, how many it's hours an investment. are you looking at? Yeah. What'd to get say? from zero to, to end game, how many hours are we looking at? Yeah, I don't know how many weeks have I been talking about. It? I don't know. I feel <laughs> like I've put at least three. I, I feel like I've put in a, a pretty decent chunk of hours into it, and not to say that this has all been bad. I'm I have no, certainly no, no, no. not been playing this game as just a, ugh. I'm doing this on the promise that it will get good, but there have been moments. But it, it's definitely a game that wow learned a lesson very early on to kind of respect the flow of time and all of that like if they wanted you to go do a quest in an area they'd probably give you three or four quests to go do in that area so you could work on all of them at the same time this game does not do that this game will send you to a place and then you'll come back and turn it in and they will send you right back to that same place that you were just at to go do something else there now mm. and uh that stuff can get a little tedious but there is still some really cool story beats and ideas and and concepts playing around in there. Well, may the may the world find happiness in the game so, you found. So like eighty hours, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Bo's looking just from raw <laughs> yeah. ass numbers. Yeah, eighty. Yeah, oh, you're doing God's uh, work by playing it for the rest of us who can now look at it and be like, yeah, it's too much time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a it's a lot of time. It it is, uh -huh. but I do like Final Fantasy. Got to play as a dragoon, which is pretty cool. They do a good job of giving you armor that looks like the thing you want to be. So mm. it's not like, oh, I'm this cool sounding class, but I look like I'm wearing dirt. You know, like you actually feel cool <laughs> in the game. Like it's it's interesting. Yeah. That's good not to look uh, like you're wearing you, dirt. You mentioned that. That reminds me of my monk whom I transmogged everything to make it, make it look like I was in starting armor because mm -hmm. I hated all the monk outfits. Yeah. That's oh, true. I, hate I did all that with monk. my monk too. Mm. I hate yeah. in World of Warcraft, all of the monk items look dumb. Mm. They're really, I just want to be naked with a big ass belt on and punching and kicking like mm. Bruce Lee. Mm. Anyways. Yeah. Was he I was transmogged it to invisible. He wasn't naked, was he? <laughs> no, but he had like pants on, like very minimal. No. I'm thinking kerosene mainly, you know, like just not a lot of clothes. Right. You're a monk. You don't need clothes. You just need, <laughs> need fists and, and grease lightning or whatever. Sure. The the chat wants to know if I think that Scott, your hatred of anime will make you hate Final Fantasy 14, though. I don't hate anime is the problem. <laughs> The problem but is, kind of do. I hate I hate some of the tropes that are always seem to be there in anime, and this game may be full of those things. I don't know. Like, are there little dirty old men going ah, ka, 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 all the time? And are there like big eyed? Well, those, uh, do, uh, do people say? Uh, do people say? Uh, all the time? Does it happen? 
No, okay. there's uh, there are two characters that I got introduced pretty early on to, though, that literally my first thought was, I think Scott would hate this. <laughs> <laughs> so it was this little uh, Taru Taru guy named like Poplimo or something like that. And this other lady wearing the most ridiculous outfit in the world. And they both kind of just bumble their way into the scene. And she's just like, we need me go over here and do a thing. And he's like, now, now, I'm a little man and I'm going to tell you a thing. And she's like, come on. (laughs) And they just kind of bumble around like that. And I was just like, Scott's going to hate this. If he ever sees this, he's going to hate this. I would hate You have maids in your player housing? Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't have a player house. So they sent me to the place where player housing exists and they're like, look at it. And I just assumed I couldn't buy anything. So I was like, yep, there it is. And I turned around and left and I've never come back. Same in uh, ESO for me. There's housing in there and they, I have a, I have a basic domicile house thing. And I walked in there and went, oh, this is like a whole other game in here. Like this is where people come and decorate and play freaking Animal Crossing all afternoon. I'm going to go do quest by and I left it. I haven't been back. I'm sure I'll go back, but you know, what's the, <laughs> I'm not a, a player housing and everyone's screaming for it in world of Warcraft for so many years. I don't think people know what they're asking for there. You can work on it for a hundred hours, grind to get all the stuff and invite people over for two hours or even two minutes. Like, yeah, it's nice. Anyways, I'm out. Yep. Oh, well, here's some game assets that I've seen somewhere else. Bye. Like it's not <laughs> right. nothing great in there. I like the way you arranged the assets that I also have. Yes. And I don't want to, I don't want to poo poo them because I think that that is a valid thing to be into decorating, collecting, filling it up better they have a game for that called the sims <laughs> and they might love the sims and i'm okay but this- i want it in my mmo and i'm like eh. it's just not my thing i i really do think that's why blizzard never did it because i think they are in my camp of like you, you think you want yeah, this but they tried and they sucked it up like it was terrible garrisons were awful well, that was their try and it was super bad it was never like, housing though it was just like a but it, it wasn't was super and bad. It was it was maybe just not great, right? Yeah. Or it was super bad. It was it was super it bad. was not great. I wouldn't call it super bad. It had its it was just moment. a quest hub. Like I didn't like I didn't really feel like it was mine. I knew I was phased into my own version of the same thing everyone else had. So yeah. it just felt like a quest hub that you like I, I agree, it wasn't great. I'm not I'm not sort of disagreeing with you. I just it wasn't the worst. I, I just kinda like to uh, me defending it. Mm. There's all <laughs> Bo just explained his stance on so many things. Yep. I just kind of like defending it. Um, I feel like MMOs are games about acquiring stuff, whether that's personal power as a player, whether that's gear, weapons, mounts, pets, all these things. The more stuff you can put in an MMO to collect, to earn, to do something with the better. And I think player housing is a really good opportunity for that. And it's mind boggling to me that there are still games out there like world of Warcraft, which I still play and like, but my goodness, every time they're like, well, we need to put more stuff in the game. What do we put in the game? And they're just like, I don't know, maybe higher stats on the armor. It's Mm. like, guys put in player housing and, and give items for that. Put in titles, put in, special effects for your characters put in a million things and every time they're just like i don't know i don't know what we could possibly put in this world we've created there's nothing we can entice players with it's impossible it Mm -hmm. can't be done yeah 
So I like I like player housing because it does offer something else that you can do as a player, um, something else you can earn, something else you can chase after if you're into it. I'm just for me personally, player housing isn't it. I'm an adventure, dang it. I yeah. live on the road right. in the occasional inn. Right. That's that's where my life is. My real life, I'm in my chair and my computer a lot. But in my fantasy life, I'm out killing shit. Not that's making right. a house. That's not what I'm doing. I don't have time for that. I do that when I retire. <clears throat> I do. I do. They uh, do. Than, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, other than that, Heroes of the Storm and Civilization. Oh, yeah. Civ 6 still playing that. That's great. What's wrong yeah, with that? That's kind of my comfort food of gaming. If I'm yeah. going to do something else. And I uh, picked up the D&D Essentials Kit from Target. Oh, wait. Uh, which is not video gaming related, <clears throat> but it is gaming related. And I figured I would mention that as well. Uh, on, on some sort of deal or you just happened to see it and thought, oh, I'm going to grab this or what, what was the deal there? So the essentials kit is actually only available at Target right now. That's the only place that sells it. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of neat because it comes with kind of it's almost like a starter set for D&D in a lot of ways. Uh, but it also ties into D&D Beyond, which is cool because we all use that for our campaign. And it includes an adventure that has a minimum of two people. So a DM one player and then it uses a thing called the sidekick system to kind of let the DM simulate allies for that player if you're just going to do a one-on-one -on -one session. And it's kind of a neat way for, let's say, you have somebody that might be interested in playing the game and kind of wants to dip their toe into it. They're not really ready to dive in with a whole group of people. It supplies you with an adventure that you can do just sitting down. Um, and just doing a, a two-person sort of thing, and they can get a feel for whether or not it's going to be something they enjoy, which I know we all got to do when when I did a one-shot. I did a one-on-one -on -one session with both of you, and, and that was a ton of fun. So I think there's actually a lot of really cool things uh, that can be done there. One quick note about that. Somebody was talking to me. I don't remember who it was. Somebody was asking me some questions about the show. We were having this back-and-forth email and said, um, I think I would really get into D&D, &D, but I can't do all of that role-playing. And I said, well, you don't, you don't have, have to. to do any of it. <laughs> like, there's no need to do any of it. It's, it's, um, it's already kind of I'm a mixed talking. bag. Like, the role-playing we do on our show, we have a lot of fun with role-playing, but we also sometimes are just being stupid. Like, we're just saying things that we would never say in a real fantasy setting. Um, so even there, you have, you have openings like that. But, like, um, uh, you know, there's, no, there's nothing that says you have to be full character all the time in fact there's nothing that says you have to do mm -hmm. at all you can just say oh all right well i'm gonna go around here then okay cool the zombie swipes from the left and he got an opportunity to attack and now you're six points down uh piercing damage blah 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 like you just can play and there's nothing that says you can't so i always feel like that's just important to say to people so they don't feel intimidated by that because i know a lot of people don't want to role play i get it totally get yeah. it like my tendency is is to never take that too seriously anyway so i already know what you're saying like, I have to have fun with it or else I ain't doing it. Um, And whatever's fun for you. And if that means no. And let's see here with the group that the other four all want to role play constantly and you don't. That's still OK. F those guys. Yeah. Do what you want to do. As long as you're having as long as you're having fun. Like if, if you're constantly bummed out that they're role playing and you feel bad, like go out there and find a group that well, matches you, your play style. But 
Yeah. Is that coming from a player perspective or a DM perspective? Because those two are separate. Well, player probably. People, people, players will show up and play in the way that they want to play, and they won't get rebuked really for it. Mm-hmm. I think when people want to run the game, it's a little different because they don't want to disappoint people or they want people to have a good time. So then they just rather not try. And I would say you can just run a game with as a DM doing zero role play. You don't have to. Yeah, that's not. I think a lot of the stuff you're probably seeing on media right now that's the darlings or they're great, but they're they're poor examples of what your regular game will look like when you're playing. Because it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah, including ours. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't have to be like ours. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and sometimes so. it starts one way, and you just find your voice. I, I know when we did the one shot, Scott, you and I, we were doing our one on one session, and you were like, "Do I have to do a voice or anything?" I was like, "No, it's up to you if you want to do a voice." And you're like, "I don't know." Maybe and you start you started light and then you were like I'm gonna do a voice and I was like yeah go for it man mm-hmm. and you leaned into it and you created Garpoon <laughs> and then you developed this character over the course of the session yeah. and you went from like I don't know if I'm gonna do a voice to by the end you were yelling yeah. and it was fantastic and then when we all got together freaking stole the show with Garpoon the freaking <laughs> fighter that's just gonna yell his name every time he shows up yeah you face Garpoon so, he was, you know he was great. <laughs> you might be surprised at what what you find when you start playing around yeah and if it's with friends you you know like and you're all just are having a good time there's no reason you couldn't you know take it a little further and stuff but there's no rule i guess is what i'm saying you can do right. how you want to do the rules of the game do not require you to be a thespian with five accents you can you can just get in there and knock it out uh bo you uh what have you been playing for the king eh i see that on the list Ooh. Yeah, and jumped into For the King this weekend. It's a roguelike. It's very cute. It's also very frustrating because it wants you to lose the game. In the same way that FTL kind of does, you know, where you're trying to build your cool ship. Yeah. Then the space people are chasing you. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's an issue. <laughs> Anyways, it's a roguelike. Uh, it tries to kill you, but I, I played two sessions on easy mode and it's not so bad. It's, in fact, I would recommend buying it. And just playing it on easy mode for the enjoyable eight to ten hours experience. Yeah, because that's uh, the what the full t- the campaign plus the little side thing they give you. Uh, you get all the expansions for free, so there's actually six game modes. I've, I've done three of them. Mm-hmm. One of them is just a dungeon run where there's no map mechanics. Basically, it's a board game where you can control three characters and you can play co-op, which we're going to do tonight. Yeah, as three different characters. Very exciting. And you have to beat the clock. You know, chaos is coming. You, If you let the chaos generators uh, get out of control, it makes your world, your life harder. So you're playing this juggling match of getting rid of scourges and um, chaos from the land, all meanwhile trying to do a campaign. Campaign takes about eight to ten hours, so it's not a long game, but it is permadeath. So when you play on regular mode, it's much harder and you can expect to die and sort of have that fun FTL-like challenge. But in a one half board game kind of way, and then second half like Final Fantasy battle mode kind of way, where everyone takes turns doing their moves. Yeah, it's a turn based. It's thing. also kind of like D anD D because you there's dice rolls, mm-hmm. and managing your dice rolls is a big part of succeeding mechanically in the game. So yeah. it's uh, and dice rolls for everything. Yep, it's called For the King, and we're going to be playing it on stream right after the show uh, chat room. Some people are asking what's the name of that thing. It is For the King. Available for on Steam. The King. What is that it's thing? Great. 15, 15 bucks or fourteen ninety nine or something. I think it was like twenty or some twenty Canadian, probably fifteen bucks. Yeah. It's not expensive, and it's 
I started playing it on a lark to play for an hour and I played through the whole session. I was like up all night. Yeah. I picked it up <laughs> it way back really in very early access m- mode. And I can tell you that that thing went through some serious polish toward the end. And it's got this great low poly look that's like on purpose. Uh, just feels really good. So definitely worth checking the out. The part that's fun about it too is that there's the thing called a lore store. So as you play through, you collect lore and then you go to the store and unlock more items and map tiles and things that happen in game as you progress so it's got that roguelite kind of loop to it too which makes it fun yeah so stick around we're gonna play that and uh of course you've been in heroes and magic and all your normals yeah yeah. Uh, heroes and magic those the other two games i played (laughs) nothing wrong with those nothing wrong with those all right here you go we're gonna read this now it's an email that's a good question this is from uh, jay haskin who wrote it and said uh, you were talking, or sorry, this is uh, Final Fantasy 14 notes for John. Okay, John, you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay, here's what he says to you. You were talking about feeling impolite about watching cutscenes in dungeons. Whenever a, a new player in a dungeon or is in the dungeon queue, the fame announces the fame. And what's that? Is that a thing in the game? Mm-hmm. The fame announces. He may have wrote that wrong. Maybe it's a frame. Maybe. Oh. Yeah. Okay, maybe that's it. The frame announces that there is a new player in the dungeon and that everyone will get a bonus to do or currencies. It's a nice way to incentivize people to play with new players and offset what would otherwise seem like a burden. So I don't totally understand his point, but it sounds like they're incentivized to be nice to you or to wait or to Yeah, whatever. so when I when I got to the end of the main story, there's a series of two bigger scale dungeons that you run. And basically people go there and they farm them for XP and uh, a currency that I can't remember the name of, but we'll just call it currency for the for the moment. All right. Because I was new and I had never done it before, uh, they were being guaranteed uh, 200 additional of that currency, of which I think the reward was probably, I don't know, 300 400 500 something like that mm-hmm. so it's not uh it's not a ignorable amount or something like that for me being there but it did mean that they had to watch the cutscenes. uh i did try to skip them i tried to be nice but apparently in those in particular even i get locked out they wanted to remove pressure from people like me feeling like they had to skip them so if there's a new player they become unskippable so they were they were forced to watch them because i was there and uh as a result they got extra currency for me being there too. So it kind of, you know, it's kind of like, a, oh, we're bummed about this one thing, but we're excited about another thing. And that community so far has been really great. I did something incredibly stupid in those dungeons. Uh, I didn't click a thing that I was supposed to click. So they all progressed and I had to run back halfway through the dungeon to click a thing and then try and catch back up to them. And then I got lost. Oh. And eventually it just said, they're starting to fight a boss. Do you want to teleport to it? And I was like, yes, please, because I don't know where I am. Oh, man. And uh, so it was and nobody cared. I told them and I was like, I'm so sorry. And they're like, oh, no problem. Just catch up when you can. And <laughs> that was it. So it hold was on. Fine. That game has an ability to if the thing fight starts and you're not there. It'll teleport you in there. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Also, that's. I mean, why would you ever go anywhere? Just wait for everyone else to get I mean, do their thing. That happens in World of Warcraft too. <laughs> yeah, but if your bl- teammate falls behind, you can just kick them, and then auto LFD will just put a new one in. Oh well, yeah, but in this case, it <laughs> asks, you are. it lets John stay in. It lets him keep going. Oh, uh, whereas WoW would kick yeah. you out. You'd be booted. Yeah, but for the other four players, it, they don't care. Yeah, 
are they <laughs> are these friends you're playing with like aie peeps or stuff or or no just no randos? these are just total total randos huh. that's cool yeah i've I've done two really dumb things. That was the first one. The other one is when you're in a dungeon, you do fill up this bar called the limit break uh, mm -hmm. meter. Mm -hmm. It's a concept that's been in a lot of Final Fantasy games. When it fills, basically, you can use it. And depending on what role uses it, depends on what it does. So if a healer does it, it's a big heal for the team, a big emergency heal. Uh, I don't know exactly what it does when the tank does it. And if it's DPS, it does a crazy amount of DPS. Mm. Uh, but I used it on trash because <laughs> I did not know it was shared with my team. I thought it was shared and that was just for me. I thought that was my own little limit break bar and I wasted it on trash that we were going to kill, uh, and a slight misclick and they went, really? Wow. <laughs> I just wrote back. I was like, okay, I didn't know that was shared. That was my mistake. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm new, I don't know what I'm doing. And that's when they explained it to me and uh, said, no, it's no big deal. Here's how it works. Here's when you typically want to use it. Here's what we're going to do on this final boss because we're going to do it a little different than you might expect. Yeah, That was it. Yeah. So they've they've all been very cool and very understanding as I do a bunch of uh, new newbie stuff. Sounds like a good community. I'm, I'm heartened to hear that. But they're, I don't know. It's just better than I would have. I don't know. I, I'm just so used to you know wow toxicity uh for various reasons that when i hear that there's some nice mmo community out there that's not chewing you out for stuff like that i don't know it's kind of nice i like that uh yeah. all right well there's that uh thanks for your email there jay you can send us emails by going to the website frogpants.com slash core or you can leave us voicemails at 801-471-0462 that's going to do it for the show like i said after this we're going to head on in there and play for the king which I've been looking forward to very much. Uh, I think this is oh, going the to be... king. We've been talking about doing this oh. for a long time too. So there's we're... no voice acting in this game, so we all have to do voice acting. Yeah, we have to. Oh, we have sweet. to role play. Yeah. Okay, it's all yeah. role play. Just to read the little dialogues. I think we should do that. Yeah, as long as everyone's okay with a little role play, we'll be fine. Uh, but anyway, that's coming up here <clears throat> shortly. We're going to be playing that for who knows how long. So stick around, <clears throat> be a part of that. That's going to do it for us. Don't forget to visit the website, frogpants.com slash core show. Nope, it's just core. Sorry. Frogpants.com slash core, where you want to go to core shows over at Patreon, patreon.com slash core show. And that's linked on our website as well. So it's super easy to find and a great way to support the show. I was just told this morning that I have to get John to conjure up a new Dear Martha letter. That's right. You get your own Dear Martha letter in the mail, like in the mail, a letter. Uh, they're amazing. It's just one of the levels available to you at patreon.com slash core show. Plenty more happening over there, so do check that out. You can leave us voicemails, like I said before, at 801-471-0462. Find us on Twitter, at Bo Schwartz, at John underscore Jagger, and at Scott Johnson. The show is at CorePod. That's going to do it for us. For me, for John, for Bo. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Hey, Morheim, I know you're ready to get out of here, but just stay. Just stay. <laughs>